0: Welcome to the riverbank. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, We are like trees planted along the riverbank, bringing forth our fruits in due season, our leaves do not wither, and in whatsoever we do, we prosper. The message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the riverbank in Chicago. Our sincere prayer is that this message will provoke, motivate, and elevate you into a life of favor, victory, and fruitfulness. God bless you, and remain planted. If you are glad to be in God's house today, I thought uh, yesterday was supposed to be the rapture. Oh, many of you didn't get that memo. How oh, I many of you got the memo, got ready, and nothing happened? Huh? Nobody. Nobody got ready because he knew it wasn't happening. He didn't like May twenty-first. You were ready. I love that. I love that. I love that. Praise God. So, for those of you that do not know, there was this um, prophet who had said that uh, the world will end May 21st and the rapture will occur. Can I be honest with you? Actually, I had a dream about the rapture before I heard about the story. But anyhow... Um, he said the rapture will occur, and after that, there will, be, uh, there will be a season of great tribulation. I think he said for five months, and then there will be a total apocalypse on, in October. That's what he said. A lot of people bought into it, and actually, uh, I know billboards were erected across different parts of the country. So this was not, this was not just a tweet, or a Facebook post, or an email. People really bought into this. People bought t-shirts. If you go onto any uh, news uh, website, you see how disciples of this prophet went about in train station. uh, hang. I mean, they got ready to go. Well, yesterday came and it's passed and we're still here. But for one, there was only one good thing that came out of this. You know what it is? At least for once, everybody was talking about the rapture. Because it will happen. It will happen someday. How many of you want to go with a first flight out of here? First class, first flight. How many of you want to stay and wait for the last flight out of here? No, you want to go first. When he comes, you want to go. If that's the case, then you must leave each day. Leave each day as if it's your last it says, plan as if today is your... Well, actually it says, uh, leave as if today is your last day, but plan as if you still got a lifetime to live. Is that quote? I might, be, might have it butchered a little bit, but it says to live as if today is your last day, but plan as if you got
1: years
0: to live. Amen? So each day, do a pulse check each day. Say, God, am I right with you? We need to say, I know we're so politically correct today in the society that we're in, no one even wants to talk about rapture or salvation or Jesus. Oh, it's the man upstairs. Right? It's the slang now. No one wants to talk about Jesus. Say it. Because at the mention of his name, no, at the mention of his pronoun, it's at the mention of his name, the noun, every knee will bow. Amen? So that rapture will happen one day. And my prayer and my responsibility as pastor is to make sure that every one of you is aware of that day and ready to go when that trumpet sounds. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Beautiful weather today. That many of you I've been waiting for this day, right? Short sleeve and shorts and what have you. Enjoy quickly. It is May, I believe. May, June, July. By August, it starts to deepen. Ill- no, no. May, June, July, August. And a little bit of sept- September, actually. Okay, so we got some time. So, Father, we just pray that this weather will actually stay like this. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, some of you don't want it hot anymore. I mean, if you I don't want it hot? Okay, good. At least we're in the minority. So, in this case, majority will still count. We want it hot. We want it warm, right? Um, there was this lady who came. How many you remember the snowstorm that happened in Chicago? We found who was responsible. Oh, yeah. There was someone that, was in, that comes to this church that was responsible for that snowstorm that happened in Chicago. She had an exam. that uh, She prayed, God, I don't want to make a student. prayed that uh, something will happen, that the exam will be postponed. And the, and something did happen, but well, we're forgiving her because that snowstorm really really cost us. It really cost remember Lake Shore Drive was uh, literally a mess we've forgotten you've forgotten about that all right all right, let's open our Bibles to matthew actually twenty five twenty four let's let's read this real quick because it's important because many people will come and say it's gonna happen, the rapture will happen. Uh, on August 27th, 2015. Or it will happen uh, March 14th, uh, 2022. Alright, this is what the scripture says about this. This is titled, No one knows the day or the hour. It says, But of that day and hour, no one knows. reading from Matthew 24, verse 36. It says, But of that day and hour, no one knows. Says not even the angels of heaven. Says, but my Father only. It says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know no one knew until the flood came and took them all away. so also will the coming of the son of man be. Verse 40. Say so then two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left. Lots of movies have been made about this where you just see someone just vanish. Right? The two people in the field oh vanish, right? A lot of movies have been made so you know about this. And then verse 41 two women will be grinding at the mill in this day and age, no one grinds at the meal. Everybody will be either blending in their kitchen, one in, uh, maybe two women on the same street, one will be taken and one will be left, right? It will be more of the pertinent, relevant scripture here. Verse 42. But this is what the word of the Lord says to us it says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief will come, He will have watched and not allow his house to be broken into. And verse 44 says, Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Just to calm everybody's nerves. If you prepare as if Christ were coming every hour, will you worry about the specific hour he will return? No. If every time If, for example, you are leaving today as if, you know what, it's 12.03 now. Christ is coming at 1. And then after 1, he doesn't come. You leave as if he's coming at 2, he doesn't come. And you leave as if he's coming at 3, he doesn't come. Does Does it matter what time he comes? It doesn't, because you are prepared. So that's the watchword. You are prepared. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, are you prepared? If they smile, they're not. So ask the other person again. I'm just teasing. Ask them again. Are you prepared? How many of you um, know that there is nothing with without God? I don't want to scare you, but I need to actually, at uh, this moment, uh, uh, re, in a way, kind of turn up the heat when it comes to that readiness. Because Christ is coming. Many of us are planning for our career, uh, our marriage, our children. So many of you have plans. This will be the names of my children. This will be the neighborhood I will live in. This is the kind of car I will get. What else? This is the kind of shoe I will buy. This is the kind of belt I want to get. Many of you are planning for your birthday. This is the list to share with my friends. What else? Uh, July 4th, this is where we will go. Uh, It's summer now. There's a lot of vacation planned in the works. This is where we're, you know, there's a lot of planning for other things, we should plan for Jesus because he's coming, guaranteed. So the question then is, if you're planning for his return, how would you use the resources that you've got? And that's where I'm going to spend some time this morning talking to us from God's word. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to read from verse 14. Christ is coming. He's coming. When he is coming, no one knows. But like we've talked about, we'll be ready whenever he comes. Okay. I will be ready. And I plan to be ready whenever he comes. How about you? Will you say it for yourself? I plan. I will be ready in Jesus' name, and I also will plan to be ready whenever it comes. Okay? So, when you're doing your business, for example, and you have a tendency to want to inflate your invoice, remember, just before they make that payment, see my return. Amen? Before you duck out of work and write on your timesheet, you've worked eight and a half hours, whereas you've only worked seven and a half hours. Remember, Christ. You might just step out. You might just submit. You know, this is going to be—it's ha- going to happen to some people. They'll just turn in an, an inflated invoice and then they'll hear the trumpet. They'll be like, ah, the first time I did it, God, you came. That will not be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. The other things. It could be the moment that you just cut someone off so bad and that individual maybe had an accident. And then Christ, you he hear the trumpet. You're like... God and I'm a gentle driver, I really am. But you don't have a, you don't have an opportunity to do a, what we call a deja vu. Let me do over. So live your life with that consciousness, not fearful. The Bible says reverentially. So it's a fear of God's graciousness and power. But live with a sense that He can come anytime. Amen. Alright, let's look at Matthew chapter 25. While we're turning there, let me let me share with you a, a little joke. There was a, a young man, it's about six year old, six years old, long, young boy, and he told his father, "Dad, I want to marry your wife." He didn't say it that way. He just said, "Dad, I want to marry mom." Right? And the guy looked at him and said. <laughs> I'll come back to that story. (laughs) I'll, I'll share that story later in the story, in the message. Let's go. Let's go to the Bible first. Matthew 25, verse 14. Just remember, that son wants to marry his mom. Okay. Verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say, the kingdom of heaven. Is like a man, I just say that kingdom of heaven, thank you. Is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. To another he gave two. To yet another he gave one. And this is a key statement. It says he gave to each according to what? Is ability. And then immediately he went on a journey. Then he, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. And made another five talents. Very simple math. He had five. He went, took it, traded, and he got what? How many? Five. In simple terms, what's the re- return on that investment? 100%. Thank you. I will hire you as soon as I have an opening in my firm. Hallelujah. And then verse 17. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. Same ratio, same percentage, 100%. Right? Let's go on. Verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's or master's money After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Let's take a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask that you breathe upon the words being spoken this afternoon. Let it be purely the words of God. Let it be inspired from above. and let Let me speak without any human interference. Let your people hear without any human interference. And Lord, we declare that every stronghold every perception, every viewpoint, contrary to the will, the purpose, the agenda, the intention of God, be brought down, leveled, and and totally become rendered powerless in the name of Jesus. That Lord, that your word will not have to compete with any contrary force. That your word will be able to plant, be rooted, planted in the hearts of your people. That it will bring forth fruits 30, 60, and 100 fold in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. I love to say, hide me, Lord, behind the cross. Let no one see me, but see the cross. And so it will be in Jesus' name. Verse 19 says, after a long time, the Lord, the Master, came. Now we're talking about this whole rapture thing. Jesus is coming back. Is Remember, this: you met this world, like they're saying in some parables. You met it, and you will leave it at some point. And if you're you fortunate, blessed, perhaps some of us will see death because Christ might have returned before death actually will come calling. But regardless, he was the one who made the heaven and the earth. So he's got, you know, there's a time of reckoning. The Bible says he's coming back to settle. Listen. Every corporation has what we call not just the account, the, the, the accounts payable department. They also have an accounts receivable department. There's a finance department that take care of settlements. There's an accountant. There's going to definitely be a CFO called a chief financial officer who does the settlement for the company every year, and his signature for a publicly traded company. His signature is on a document that he sends to the uh, uh, either the, uh, the commission, you know, stock not second string, but one of the commissions that oversee accounts. There is for every company, there is a settlement that occurs. If you run businesses, I'm sure many of you have either uh, different types of credit cards where you can settle your account. You say, okay, you know what? You have this X line, maybe ten thousand, twenty thousand, a hundred thousand doesn't matter. You have a line. You purchase items. You made payments here. At the end of the day, you look at it too. You say, Father, are we balanced? If it's not balanced, you say, Father, I need to increase A, B, C, D so that I can get to a place where it's balanced. Whether you like it or not, you have to settle accounts when you run the business. I went to a certain point where the numbers don't balance consistently. Then you know that, you know what? What's my exit strategy? In fact, they're told that before you even start the business, make sure you have an exit Strategy so that you reach a certain threshold and say, you know what, this is the level upon which I can bear losses. After this point, I'm going to be bent out of shape. I might as well just step away from this business. Is that is that common? Okay. The same will happen with you and I. We have treasures. We have resources. I know I've been saying this often and I'm saying again for some of you so that you will literally arise and take on this mantra with fervency. Because time is getting shorter. Okay? Accounts will be balanced when Christ comes. Bible says here, it says, after a long time, the dilemma with long time is that people tend to forget. If I gave you, for example, some money, right? maybe Let's say $10,000. Believe me, I'll have it on my phone or on my different computer system beeping and telling me when, those, when that money is due. So don't, this example actually won't actually hold true. But hear me out. If I give you a certain sum of money and I, and I, and I, and I tell you, for example, is due in six months, you know that in six months you're supposed to pay. If you don't hear from me on the sixth month, you're like, oh, thank God. Maybe he's forgotten. right? You don't hear from me on the seventh, tenth, twelfth, and after about a year and a half, you're like, "Ooh, thank you. You can't testify. Someone blessed me. I never came. But one day, I can come back and say, you know what, maybe two years, two years later, I say, you know what, by the way, I just saw this. You didn't pay me back. Can you please pay me how much, I, uh, the amount of money I gave to you about two, three years ago? And you have your signature that says, I promise I will pay back. You know that that is actually a paper that can tender in any court of law. That is impossible, right? The same paper is upon your soul. The same tender is upon your soul. He is coming back to get you. Now, when I say get you, not in a negative way. <laughs> he's coming back to receive you unto his unto himself. Now, but before he comes, he's giving every one of us talent. Does it matter how many talents you're given? Are you worried that you have five and someone else has fifteen? No, honestly, With be honest, if you are given two, okay, sometimes. Thank you for being honest. Sometimes, some of us have two, other people have two hundred, other people have a thousand, but those of us that have two, you're upset sometimes. You're like, you look at the guy that has two, and I'm like, man, I wish I could sing, I wish I could write a book, I wish I could talk, I wish I could, I like. And then you sometimes do what this man who had one talent did. You ignore your talent. Because you're looking at other people, other talents, giving excuses. And the message today that God is laying upon our heart is yes, I'm coming back. But because I'm a good businessman, I will get to that scripture. Because I'm a great businessman, I'm not a wasteful. That's why the Bible says that when Jesus Christ fed. The 5,000, and there were loaves and fishes extra. He says, he didn't say trash them. He says gather them. So that we can reuse it later. He didn't trash them. He didn't waste. But that would have been waste. He said, gather what's left. We got other folks to feed in other nations. Let's go. Right? Because God is not a wicked master. He's not. And, I, and we'll get into that a little bit. If he's giving you two talents, guess what he's expecting. He's expecting four. And then if you're super smart, let me before I get there. When he gets four back, you know what happened? He gives you more because Bible says that he who is found faithful says more will be given. I'll show you scripture. Let's go back. Let's go back before I tie it all together for you. Verse 19 was where we just read. That's Matthew chapter 25, verse 19. It says, "After a long time, the Lord of those servants came." And settled accounts with them. I gave you the ability to write poems. What did you do with that ability? Right? I gave you the ability to comfort people with words. What did you do with that ability? I gave you a heart that is sensitive to the needs of others. Which needs are you sensitive to? It's simple. I gave you A. What did you do with it? Did it balance out? Is it plus or negative? And we'll know where you stand. My prayer for all of us here is that we will all die empty. So empty that you'll be. They will say, "Man, that guy expended every gift he had in him." That's my prayer for you, in Jesus' mighty name. Now look at what he said in verse twenty. He said, "So he who had received five talents came and then." This is accounting. This is accounting time. He who was given five came and said, Lord, here's five extra. I've gained. And this is what the Lord said. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now, look at at the reward. I will make you a ruler over many things therefore the key to promotion is what faithfulness the proof of faithfulness is what you double it's profit is you've turned a profit the proof of faithfulness For some of you who are given little assignments you can't get to the next i don't care how upset i don't care how demanding you get pastor please give me one the little you've been given you cannot get more because for me to give you more is to overexpose you to danger. If you're unable to cater for a small condominium, giving you a single family is going to cause you more problems. The small condominium, right? what they call a studio apartment, if you're unable to take care of a studio apartment, giving you a condominium with two bedrooms is actually putting you in bigger problems. If you were late on your bills, In a small studio, they're definitely going to disconnect all your bills in a bigger apartment. Because when you turn on the light in every room, you're going to double your, uh, literally your expenses. Does that make sense? Okay, let's go on. He says, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then verse 22, he who also received two talents came and said, Lord, you've delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful, and this is key. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That is why you should never worry about the measure of talent you were given. If you are faithful, if you turn a prophet, you will get the same acknowledgement and opportunity amen Hmm. let's go on verse 24 says then he who had received the one talent came and said lord i knew you to be a hard man where did this man get this picture and as i meditated upon that scripture this dawned on me we see things as we are listen and listen good we don't see things as they are. I don't care who you are. All of us see life with our own slant, our own viewpoint, And that's why when we read the word of God and pray, we ask God, the Bible says that we look into the mirror of God's word so that we can be changed, in 2 Corinthians, into the same image. So the process of meditation, the process of prayer, the process of studying the word is to get you from where you're at to where God wants you to be at. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. This man said, I know you to be a mean. Ha- <laughs> he says, Look, let's read it together. He says, I know you to be what? A hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. You know what he was talking about? He saw how the first guy came with five and doubled into ten. He does not understand the process of profit. So he's thinking God is going about snatching from people and doubling. Does it make sense? I'll share with you. He does not understand. He sees the result, but does not know what obtains to get the result. As a result, his viewpoint is slanted. So the man who came with five, assuming that the the that I was given 500 and I came up with a thousand, all he sees is a thousand. Like, where in the world did this man get this thousand? He must be a mean and wicked man. He must be taking over uh, people's uh, talents or or, or houses when uh, he's upset. He's this man that had one talent, he's removed from God's presence. That's why his viewpoint is so slanted and so incorrect. Let's go on. He says, I know you to be a hard man. This is verse 24 of Matthew 25. He says, I know you to be what? I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Verse 25, and I was afraid. See, everything came about because of fear. I'll tell you a quick story about, what it's, called, it's titled Tigers in the Dark. There was one man, one of the, uh, and I bear, bear with me, I'm, I'm not sure I get the name right, but one of uh, the guys who actually control or, um, what do they call them now? Uh, in a circus, one of the trainers. There was this show called The Tiger Show. So they brought like four or five tigers into, typically, I don't know how many if you've been to a circus recently, but typically it's protected, right, on the stage. It's covered. They brought in four or five tigers. And the show was such that the trainer actually, with his whip, would command the tigers to do certain things. As he cracked his whip, the tigers would lift up on their two feet. As the cracked his neck sweep, the tigers would go on all fours. As the cracked his sweep, the tigers would go on just the front two and with the other two up. Then guess what happened? Light went off. Light went off and for a moment this guy froze. He knew that tigers, but tigers can hunt Most of these animals can hunt at night in the dark. You know, they have excellent power and and I I think they call it infrared or or extra ray type of uh, vision. So they could see him. But they didn't know if he could see them or not. So for a moment, he froze. And then he realized, you know what? These guys actually are oblivious to light. The tigers, the light is for us to see. It wasn't really so much for them. So he just kept, in the dark, he just kept cracking his whip. Right? He cracked his whip. They they don't know, no one can see them, but they were trained on the instruction of the whip, right? So he kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that, until light came back on. After the show, they called him out for an interview and said, how in the world did you, were you so composed? The guy said, I was as afraid because all I had was a stool and my whip. And I had five hungry tigers. He said, but I I knew that they were trained to follow instructions. So that's all I could do. That's all I could do. Now this is the moral of the story. Many times we're afraid in life. All of us. There's some of you that at the end of today's service when we pray, your dreams, your talents, if you were to articulate what God is saying that you should do, you yourself you're afraid and that's fine because i want all of us to have dreams that only god can help us fulfill if it's a dream that your uncle your auntie your cousin your big brother or even the president can help you in it's not big enough the gift and the talent that god has given you is not the one that is dependent upon human beings for its complete complete usage or complete demonstration it's going to require God. Every God-given dream and vision requires God's provision. Does that make sense? And so, when you freeze in the midst of life, perhaps light gets turned off as you're beginning to use your gift. Just keep doing what you know to do. Just keep doing what you know to do. If he's speaking right, keep speaking right. If he's praying, keep praying. If he's fasting, keep fasting. If he's giving, keep keep giving. As you keep doing that, the light will come back on and the show will end. And they'll be like, whoa, how did you pull that off? You're like, I'm, one day I'm going to be X, Y, Z. And everybody's laughing at you now. But when it becomes a reality, they'll ask you, how did you pull it off? You say, you know what? All I knew to do was to crack my whip. So don't forget that story. Just keep cracking your whip. Keep cracking your whip. If you're a student and you're trusting God for all A's, you want to be a, a magna cum laude, Whatever, or summa. You want Suma? Okay. Magna or summa. Whatever it is you're going after, just keep, just keep, just keep flipping the whip. Right? Your professor says, you know what? You don't get A's in this class. Just keep, keep flipping. Keep flipping. Keep doing what you know to do. Amen. And it will be a reality for you in Jesus' name. Now, the lazy servant. And there's some of us, we're not saying it, but we're living it. Because what we've done with our talent, I know it's small you buried it. And so God is saying, look, don't get enamored with the fact that, oh, the rapture will come one day. With the rapture, there's settlement of accounts. I want to make sure that when you get to the account, the balance sheet, you want to make sure that you're in the positive, not negative. And the key to doing that is to making sure that you don't do what this man did. What did he do? He buried his talent. But let's look at what the Lord said. He says, I was afraid. This is verse 25. Matthew 25, verse 25. He says, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. So he literally brought back one. Perhaps was buried in a suitcase. Like some of you. Your dreams buried in, in a journal. In one of your closets. Your purples, your gold buried Uh, 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 in your mind just because someone laughed. Look, if they don't laugh at your goal, what would they laugh at? They have to laugh at your goals. They laughed at Joseph. What did Joseph do? He still lived it out. So don't, every time Jesus Christ talks about this child is not, uh, he's not uh, not sick, he's not dead, he's going to be awake. The Bible says they laughed him to scorn. It's not just laughter. Now they laughed him to the point where they now ridicule him. You know, it's like putting Jay Leno, who uh, are all those guys on TV, all those comedians, late night uh, comedians, Jay Leno, David Letterman, who else? Jay, Conor O'Brien, uh, Jamie Kennedy, I'm them all up, all laughing at your jokes. On national TV, broadcast across the entire United States, even that is not enough for you to give up on your dream. Even that is not enough. And your dream, it's your dream. This is one challenge that we have, is that we think your dream will be our dream. So you keep looking to people to validate your dream. When it's your dream and it's not our dream. Oh, my dream is to just uh, uh, play, uh, what's the next uh, wave of music that's coming? I don't know, maybe you know. Um, Hip-hop, gospel-centric, funk. For example, that's the new wave coming. And you have and you catch that wave, and then you start to kind of write songs around that, and then you share with us. For one, we haven't heard it before. So our natural tendency is to either uh, except for some of us that God is beginning to work on us, the natural tendency is to put down what you don't know because we're not comfortable with your known. It's a natural human problem. So one of the things that we do is We're looking for people that don't have any clue about where. It's like this man who had buried his talent. You go talk to him and say, "You know what? I have this talent. What's he gonna tell you?" Let me show you the burial ground. Come and bury right here beside mine because that's where it will be safe. Because I have I've paid uh, uh, storage. This is this this is secure. It's actually ventilated and it's lit. It's secure. And that's what some of us. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Your dream. Is your dream. God will plant a dream in your heart that will require him to execute. And this message is just a challenge. Many of us are busy. Ah, Lord, I know that when you come, you're a hard man, but let me just take care of my regular bills. Let me take care of my home, my children. Let me just feed them. And then we ignore the dreams. And we're upset, we're sad, we're, what else? are frustrated because the dream the purpose for which we were born, we ignore now, I'm not saying you just chase, your, if your dream for example is just to be playing football in the streets that can feed you that's not what I'm talking about you need to work on your dreams, there is a process so let me, let me balance it out for some of you need to continue to walk until your dream is large enough to sustain you, does that make sense? So you start to prepare your dream. Oh, I I, I love to sing uh, songs. Then start to write songs. Continue to put time into your dream until it's big enough to sustain you. Does that make sense? And then eventually, there will come a point in time when you have to change the stakes perhaps to give it more time so that you can build your dream to the next phase, the next level. And then you just go with what God is saying. But the key thing is to go with God across Across uh, on this journey of life, but what is very pertinent and is very telling is that many of us are living lives today with no semblance of the purpose, the dream, the call of God upon our lives. And God is asking us to change our mindsets. He's coming, but more than Him just coming, He's also coming to do an accounting of our talents our ability. So I was walking into church this morning. I saw two homeless men sleeping right there in the corner. There, yeah, and, and, and that, just, that just tore me right in my gut. I'm like, God, what can we do? God, what can we do to be to solve the problem of homelessness. And I just want to share with us here in church, let's take some time to think through what can we do to solve the problem of homelessness. Just feeding them is not, is a, is, a, is a first step in the right direction, but how do we solve that problem? Can I share that with you as something that we should just pray, think about how do we solve? So if you have thoughts during the week, during the month, just. Run them by me. You know why? Remember that purpose that God gave us to raise and sustain leaders that will impact the community? Is this solution that we're going to package together. So I'm showing you how to do it. We'll package a solution like this together as a church and present to the city. Just like Joseph, when you present a solution, they will ask us to come and oversee The problem. Now, remember when we talk about here at the riverbank, God has called us leaders, to raise and sustain leaders. This is part of our purpose. To solve, not just a community problem, but now we're beginning to deal with can we solve the problem of homelessness or perhaps drug prevalence amongst the youth or perhaps uh, unwanted pregnancy. Does that make sense? We're on a journey, and I really want to encourage you that God is giving us talent because the same, the same that is applicable to you as individuals, is applicable to us as an organization. Why do you think God created Riverbank? So that we can just sit down here on one Sunday afternoon and just have a good time? Hello, not at all. There is a purpose, and when he comes, there is going to be an account that must be settled. All of you are here for a purpose, for a reason, and you will, by God's grace, because I won't let you rest, you, all of us, we will fulfill this assignment in Jesus' mighty name. So, (laughs) for some of us, until we have children, that's when we get it out. You know what? We're not in this world just to have fun for ourselves. Don't wait until then. Start to begin to imbibe that thinking right now. Because when kids come, maybe it's a sudden change. And my prayer is that for you and for every one of us we'll be ready when that time comes in Jesus' mighty name. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Titus, chapter 2. The book of Titus, chapter 2. The easiest way to get to Titus is to go to the table of contents. Look for T, T I T U S. It's a comedian who cracked the joke and said that uh, those who like to eat fish should read the book of Titus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let the man keep talking. We are in the world, amen. Titus chapter 2. Are we there? verse 6 it says likewise it says exhort the young men to be sober-minded it says in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works or an example of good works don't live a dual life you might have dual citizenship but don't live a dual life it's one way that we know you in the streets Is one way that we know you in the church. Think the two. If you want to be the devil, be the devil. And then we can cast you out and get you saved. Or if you want to be a saint, be a saint. Be a saint in and out. Amen? And one of the responsibilities of a pastor, this is actually a charge to a pastor from Paul, is tell the young men, tell them, be an example of good works. It says in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. I always thought that was a great standard. This is the standard that God expects us to have, that when we talk with those who are your opponent, I mean, if you have debated before, and when you come to the floor, you just come and say, you know, just because, just be- you don't do it just because, just because, do you? When you have an argument, no. You present facts intelligently, logically, and when he counters, you counter. Now, what God is saying here is, get to a point where when you talk, when you live, when they bring the dirty laundry list out, you present the information. You counter the list. Oh, this is what you did. This is who you are. This is how you've been. So you know what? 2 Corinthians 5 Seventeen says, "If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. That 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 flow, he's dead. This is a new one. And in that new one, there are proofs that you can use to counter the argument against you. But if they bring arguments, and all you do is like, oh, wow. I didn't know you were you were looking. At, I didn't know you were looking at me when I was stealing that. I didn't know you were looking at me when I was breaking that. You know, you've lost the argument.'" You know, you lost. Many of you are quiet. You know, you lost the argument right there. My prayer is that our life will will be an example that will be consistent. When this is account settlement, and when they settle the account, it would balance out. Amen. Let's look at uh, the. Let's look at the instruction he said to the women. Let's look at verse uh, verse four. It says, "Admonish the young women," and everybody that's under sixty is pretty much young. Amen. He says, "Advise the young women to love their husbands. To love their children. Verse five. This is a challenge for some women, but not for the women here at the river bank. He says, "Advise them, Lord, to be what? To be discreet. Then look at the next word. Chaste. Homemakers. are some people who are homewreckers. But these people here, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands. There are many women who want to be obedient to the pastor. But that's not your husband. He's your pastor. We say, be obedient to your own husband. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now I say, I share that scripture with us because indeed we're in a time when we need to begin to live with a consciousness of who we are and who God is in our life. And what this is all about. It's not just an exercise in futility. It is indeed for a reason and for a purpose. And my prayer is that we will indeed fulfill that in Jesus' mighty name. Finally, let's look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Go back to that scripture we're at. Let us just read. There is a reward. This is verse 27. It says, you should have taken my money, deposited that money with the banker, and at my coming hour, received back my own with interest. Every one of us must make sure our talent yields an interest. It could be 10%. I think for many of our banks today, it is 1.111%. If it's not zero point zero 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 one percent, but at least it's with interest. In other words, whatever you've got, at least use it at least more than once. When you start using your talent and start figuring out, it's gonna get better and better and better and better. And one of the easiest ways to identify what your talent is is to find out what are you passionate about? What are you consuming? What What is it that I, for example, if I talk to you about a very sad story about um, the governor, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and his his wife, the dilemma that this institution that happened. For some of you, there's a pain that comes. For some of you, it's the pain of betrayal. For some of you, it's the pain of the public betrayal. For some of you, it's the pain for the spouse. For some of you, it's the pain for the children, Right? Different pain, but same story. If we talk about the prevalence of perhaps uh, homelessness or uh, unwanted pregnancy, for some of you, is the fact that they're not teaching abstinence or teaching the proper thing in school. For some of you, is the child that is born. For some of you, is the pain of the woman that gave birth to the child. Does that make sense? Whatever it is, because there are many stories that will come at you. But what you feel the pinch is a clue to your passion and your calling. Don't ignore it. Because you will see it consistently through that. And I want to encourage you, you might not know, but there is a pot of gold, I always call it the fool's gold, there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Because when God gives a vision and a purpose, there is a provision tied to that vision. My prayer for you is that you begin to awaken to those abilities in you. And you see that this journey we're on is not a boring, being a Christian is not boring. Oh my Lord. No, you're solving problems, you're engaging people, you're living lives, your, your life is well, your life is whole. This is what it's about, it's making a difference. Christ came engaging people constantly. Some they will crucify him for, some they will love him for. But he was constantly with wisdom, It was like playing chess. The one that actually check, is the, the Pharisee will come, checkmate. and <laughs> say, oh, didn't you see this? And then he uses, his, uh, he uses his, uh, his, his bishop or his rook or whatever, and he knocks out that move. That's, that's beauty. That's fun. That's what we've got. Right? So I want to encourage you, live life. Oh, there's that problem with homelessness. Let's find a way to solve that problem. There's that problem with, uh, 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 what else is the problem that like is prevalent in our city, perhaps? Feeding. Right? Yeah, let's solve that problem. Real estate, let's solve that problem. Education, let's solve that problem. And God will give us the grace in Jesus' mighty name. Let's take a word of prayer. Let's take a word of prayer. I'll tell you the joke. <laughs> Hallelujah. I <laughs> do just talk to God? We'll talk to God. Use your mouth to talk to God about, about your situation. Talk to God. You know exactly what you need to do and talk to God. This is not the first time that we've been talking about talent and ability, but it seems as if you haven't moved the needle from where you were before, and talk to God. And as you talk to God, asking God, what do I need to do to get me to the next level, to the next place? And for some of you it's fear, for some of you it's disobedience. Whatever it is, just talk to God and say, Father, help me. Help me so that when it's time, when the time of reckoning comes, I'm not scrounging, I'm not running around scrounging really to balance my account. I I do it right in the name of Jesus. I want to do it right. I want to live life well. I want to live life with, with purpose and fulfill all that God has purpose and planned for my life. In Jesus' name, let's take a word of prayer. Father, we bless you, and Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you for the entrance of your word that giveth light. Lord, I'm out praying, Lord, for boldness for every heart to be able to arise and do that which you've and planned for them before the foundation of the world. Lord, concerning the parable of the talent, we've heard this over. It's about the kingdom. That you're coming and there's going to be an account settlement process. Lord, I pray today that every one of us will not be found wanting on that day in Jesus' mighty name. That we'll live life and we'll live it to the fullness of the purpose and the ability and the grace that God has given us. That we might be a blessing, just like Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. That will be our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we give you the praise. Lord, we give you the glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen.